Welcome to Samford University's Campus Worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. Thanks for coming to Campus Worship. I know this is a late time in the semester for you to continue fitting this into your schedule, but I'm so glad you're here. You have six of your peers who are going to be speaking to you this morning about some experiences that they've had over spring break. So we're in for a real treat this morning. Um, the um, Many of us were resting or vacationing or studying or writing senior thesis, anybody, over spring break. There are some folks in our community who had the opportunity to do some kind of unique experiences and to serve specifically on mission trips and on immersion trips over spring break. And so they're going to talk a little bit about what they did and share with you about what they learned um, while, they were, while they were serving. So I hope that you'll give them your full attention. So our first, our first pair of students who are going to speak served in Haiti over spring break. And they served with an organization called Filter of Hope. They're going to tell you all about Filter of Hope. But those two students are Bailey Bridgman. Bailey's a sophomore, English and Classics major from Dallas. And Emily Kate Davis, who is a sophomore health science major from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Then our second pair who are going to be sharing uh, served in New York City with an organization called Global Gates. And they're going to fill you in about what Global Gates does as well. The two students who are going to be speaking about New York are Jacob Payne. Jacob is a freshman religion major from Rainsville, Alabama, and Aaron Lulfs, who is a senior nursing major from Austin, Texas. And then our third pair of students who are going to be speaking are going to be talking about their, their work with an organization called Give Kids the World in Orlando, Florida. Um, as they speak, they're going to talk to you about the work of that organization as well. The two students who are going to be sharing about the trip to Orlando are Byron Fogo, Byron is a sophomore um, HDFS major from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Hannah Cullum, who is a senior HDFS major from Nashville. So, as we get started, I want us to read. I want to read a verse, a few verses of scripture for us from Psalm 19. So, I invite you to take these moments to sit quietly, to breathe deeply, to hear the word of the Lord spoken over you. Feel free to close your eyes, to pray as, um, as these verses are being read, and then we will begin. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run its course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. 
may they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless and innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Father, this morning as we come together to worship you through listening to reports of your work around the world, we pray that our hearts will be open to seeing that we are invited into your work in thousands of ways, that as many people are as in this room, there are unique ways that you are calling us and desiring for us to share your word and your love with this world. Will you move in us by your Holy Spirit and remind us of what you're calling us to do and who you're calling us to be? We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we gather here in his name this morning the risen Savior who gives each of us life and purpose in this world. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Hey, guys. I'm Bailey Bridgman, and this is Emily Tate. And we had the privilege of going to Haiti with Filter of Hope with a couple of Sanford students over spring break. And um, it was such an awesome experience. And Filter of Hope is such a cool ministry. We got to stay in a town called Montui, which, pardon my pronunciation, I just don't know how to say Haitian words, but I wish I did. But we stayed in Montui, and each day we would go out on a two-hour bus ride in the back of this fruit <laughs> truck, and I'm pretty confident that my back is now broken. It was like not a paved road, and we would go out to this town called Lubin, and Lubin's in this area called the Fifth Section, which is in a valley, and it's kind of like a farming community, and it's just crazy how we would drive out, and it just looked like crops, it'd be very green, and the closer we got to Lubin, there'd just be less and less water there, and it would just be desolate, and just like the ground would be cracked. And so we went out there and um, partnered with a local church and local pastor called Pastor Bo, and he was awesome. He's from Montui, which is where we were staying, and by Haitian standards, he, like, is pretty well off. He told us his story about how he felt called to go move out to Lubin with his family and start a church there, and, like, the work he is doing in this town is insane. He is, like, such a light to them and has, like, totally changed Lubin as a whole and is hoping to like make Lubin a light in the fifth section and hopefully impact other villages out there. But we partnered with him, got to hear his story, hang out with some of the kids that were at his church. And then we went out every day into the village. We split up into groups and we each had translators because we can't speak Haitian Creole. Although one of our girls speaks French and she got to speak French. So that was kind of cool. But we went house to house and had these water filters that were in packets. They're like that big. They're like really tiny. They're little portable water filters. And there's such a need in this area for like water filters out there because the water is so like nasty and disgusting. People like are dying from cholera and have like diarrhea. Like half the kids aren't wearing pants because they have diarrhea. It's just like awful. And there's like a massive river running right next to the village, but they can't use the water because it like makes them sick. So we would go house to house and say, hey, do you have like a bucket that we could use? Like 
we'll give you this water filter. So they would give us the bucket and we would like install the filter, tell them how to use it, show them how to clean it. And it was really cool just like getting to sit down and talk with these people. And then we would use that kind of as a catalyst for sharing the gospel. We would be like, hey, do you know Pastor Bo? Are you a Christian? Do you know the story of Jesus? And there were varying degrees of answers to that. Some of them were Christians and had been Christians for like 14 years, which was awesome. And some of them had never heard the gospel before. So we had the opportunity to share that with them, which is such a cool experience. I'd never really gotten to do something quite like that before. And so a lot of people came to Christ that, that week, which was super cool. Personally, I got to talk to a witch doctor in his voodoo temple, which is like so cool. I'm like, I wanted to talk to him all week and it was like the last day. And I was like, yeah, witch doctor. But it was such a cool experience getting to just like see what voodoo is like in their culture and like how strong a hold it has um, in Lubin especially. Like this is what they have, but like the gospel is being introduced into this town and like people are slowly like dispelling like voodoo and Satan there, which is really cool. And so having the conversation with the man who's kind of the root of the problem was really awesome. But yeah, Filter Pope's awesome, and we had a great time, and it totally changed my perspective on, like, the immensity of the kingdom, and yeah. So our team really loved the time that we got to spend with Filter Hope and investing with them, and so we've talked, and we're going to continue a relationship with them, um, going back, um, raising money for filters, kind of just across the board supporting their ministry. And so if y'all are interested in that or even just have questions Something Bailey said was like, that sounds awesome. Talk to either one of us or anybody on our team. Or you can either um, email page Jack or two. But through the ministry that we've seen there firsthand, just we have like made a pact to continue to pray for them. Um, and so I'm going to read from Ephesians, just a verse that is um, great for prayer for spiritual strength um, over Pastor Bo and the ministry that's going on with Filter of Hope and then even here for us, what we are called to do as believers. So um, Ephesians 3, um, starting verse 16. But according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to who, him who is able to do far more abundantly than, you, than all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and the Christ, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Um, so I'm going to pray for a filter of hope, and um, especially Pastor Bo and Daniel and the men that are um, living obediently um, through their life. If you'll bow your head. Jesus, I praise you for another day of life and for each person in this room, God, graciously pursuing your people unconditionally when we don't deserve it. You're such a sovereign God, and we stand humbling before your power that is displayed to all people groups. God, I pray for the people of Lubin and the rest of the fifth section. Strengthen them and guide them, God. Pray that you would continue to transform and mold their hearts to the likeness of you one by one. I pray that daily they would see your hand of control and love over their lives, that they would not be limited to this world, but that your spirit would show them the hope of eternity in you. And it doesn't fade away in the midst of the temporary suffering that they're facing, God. 
We believe that you can use both the smallest and the largest of things to draw people to you in order to further your kingdom, Lord. And I pray that your light would continue to shine bright amidst darkness so that leaders can be raised up in the section and um, Haiti would see a transformation from one of the most rural, rural impoverished areas of Haiti. God, I lift up Pastor Bo and Daniel and Ronnie and their families, Lord. I pray that you would bless their obedient lifestyles and give them strength and direction continually um, and give them encouragement and investment in the lives um, through the lives that they're investing um, in right now, God, that they are making an impact for eternity. I might thank you for Filter of Hope um, and the mission that they have to ultimately further the kingdom of you, Lord, um, and to proclaim your name um, in different countries around the world, Lord. Bless their ministry and their heart and continue to guide and bless their leaders, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. Um, I pray that we'd be reminded of that daily and that the people of Lubin would be um, reminded as well through their filters. Um, that without the filter and without Jesus Christ, that we are dirty and um, humans don't deserve um, the grace that you have um, given to us, Lord. We praise you um, for loving us unconditionally, Lord, um, and we love you so much. In your precious name, amen. Um, my name is Jacob, and this is Aaron. And uh, us two and 11 others uh, were mobilized by Brook Hills to go work with Global Gates in Queens, New York City. And what, and what Global Gates does is that they, they try to um, plant churches just across the world and um, are, are really trying to start, start churches in amongst um, just different people groups. So what we did, we went there and we, we worked with them and what we did was called a sifting week, which is essentially going and finding people to just hopefully share the gospel with and find someone that would be interested in hearing the word. <clears throat> So that we could we can meet back up with them later in the week and connect them with uh, with Global Gates to hopefully start a church um, in, the, in the near future. We we were there were three scriptures that we kept constantly kept uh, saying throughout the week. We we realized that the goal was um, in Revelation seven when when uh, when God says that there will be a multitude before the throne of every tribe and nation and tongue worshiping and proclaiming His name. And we find that in Matthew 28, Jesus says that we are called to go and make disciples of all nations. So we are, we are called um, as Christians to go and find these people out. And to, those, were, those were two of the scriptures. And then the third one that we, we, we come to just kind of see was in, I think it was in Mark. Um, Jesus tells his disciples to go in communities. And um, if, they, if they run you from the community, then kick the dust from your feet or move on. But if they welcome you, then share the gospel or share the, share the good news, share what Jesus has done. And I think it was—I think it was a testimony to the fact that these people were some of the some of the most welcoming people that we had ever, you know, that I've ever met. You know, it's it's really easy. The people that we were ministering to—they were—they were Bangladeshi Muslims. And what was really interesting—I've never been to New York—and what was really interesting to me was the fact that you could go, you know, have one square mile, and it can be like twenty, thirty thousand people of one exact people group, and they go another mile over, twenty, thirty thousand of a, of, a of a totally different people group altogether, and. We, uh, we were there with the Bangladeshi Muslims just trying to um, just share with them. And, and Monday, uh, when we received our first training, we, we essentially just prayed. Um, prayed for hours for the community that God would lead us, lead us people to share with. And then Tuesday, we started sharing. So we went, basically went door to door, and we asked them a survey. We asked questions, hoping that the Lord would open the door um, so that we could share. 
looking back, I realize that there's no way we could have done that without the Spirit because that's, you know, I know we hear a lot about just Islam and, and you know, especially in New York City going door to door, you don't know what you're going to find. But we just, you know, we trusted the Lord and, and the Lord was able to work through that. And, you know, for them to be in New York City in a dangerous city, it was, it was just a blessing to see that these people actually invited us into their homes and we could share with them. So essentially we did that um, until Friday. And Friday, we hoped to make connections enough where we could connect them with someone that was local with Global Gates to see if they wanted to learn more. So, I mean, it was, like I said, it was, it was one thing to be around here. And, and you know, it's, it's not really diverse in this area, or at least at Sanford. And it's really easy to write Matthew 28 off and say, you know, it's, it's someone else's call to go. It's someone else's call to share. But I kind of come to realize through this trip, like, if we're Christians and we're not sharing the gospel, then what are we doing? If we're not spreading the gospel to the nations, then what are we doing? And, you know, uh, Brad, which was, he was the guy training us and leading us, he said, you know, a lot of people don't have joy in Jesus because they're not obeying what he says, which is mainly to go and make disciples, to go and share, the, or as you're going, to make disciples. And I think as a group, the biggest thing that we learned was the fact that the words that we said had no effect unless God was already working in them. So there's no way that we could uh, share the gospel with these people unless the Spirit was, you know, bringing to their mind discontentment with Islam or discontentment with the way that they're living. Um, and then we come and, and share, share that joy with them. There's no way it's going to work unless God's already working there. So I think, you know, coming back, we kind of look at that and say, sharing here with people. Um, you know, there's no way that we can, we can share the gospel with our friends or, or the people around us unless God is working. The biggest thing is just in every situation, every circumstance, be prayer-minded. For me, at least, and be constantly ready to share the gospel. And you know, from that, from going and sharing, we, we saw the Lord work so much. I know we had so much joy as a group, um, just all together, and that came from their obedience. Um, so that's pretty much the gist of what we did. We we just went door to door, just sharing, talking with whoever would listen to us, and we saw the Lord work a lot. Um, we we got to pray a lot with a lot of Muslims, and. It's just a good thing to see that they were willing to pray with us and willing to welcome us. Um, and it was a thing to see that, you know, because they welcomed us and because they were willing to listen, it was just a testament, I think, that God was working there. Um, I think Erin was wanting to, to tell a little bit about some personally some of the stuff that she saw. She got to share with a couple, I think, a couple of people, and I think Friday, and she just said it was just a big blessing. So, My name's Erin. So as he was telling about the door-to-door surveys that we did, um, we broke off into groups of three. I was with Chad Cavanaugh and Peyton Walters, shout out. Um, and we walked around and went door-to-door, knocking on people's door, asking them these surveys. And um, a lot of time we got rejection. People didn't even answer their door. We would see them peek through the window and then they'd see us and be like, oop, nope, we're not answering the door. And um, it was really discouraging at first, but um, on Thursday afternoon, we had this 18-year-old Muslim girl answer the door, and um, her name was Mahira. And she answered the door, answered our survey questions, and at the end of it, we were like, hey, would you want to hang out with us tonight? And she's like, oh, I can't tonight. And we were like, what about tomorrow? And she's like, yeah, actually, I'm off for school tomorrow. Let's hang out. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, let's reverse the rules. If I were 18 again, and some Muslims came to my door and asked, hey, do you want to hang out tomorrow so we can maybe convert you to our religion? I'd be like, no. But she came, and we got to hang out with her, and um, it was really cool. She brought her boyfriend to lunch, and um, the three of us went to lunch, and her boyfriend is Pakistani Christian, which means his family is from Pakistan, but they've now converted to Christian, uh, Christianity, 
And so seeing that, like, okay, Lord, you've already presented this girl to, um, she's Muslim, but she's wanting to hang out with us. You have this guy who's dating her who's Christian. Like, there's definitely, the Lord is already working on her heart. We got to spend six and a half hours with her, just hanging out throughout the day, having the most natural gospel-centered conversations. We would ask her about her faith. She would ask us about our faith. It was amazing. One of the best days of my life. Um, just getting to know more about her and um, her getting to know more about our faith. So the end of the day comes, and we were so sad to leave each other just because we felt like we had this friendship now. And girls, I don't know if y'all know about those giving keys. They're like little keys that say faith, hope, or love, or something like that. Mine said faith on it, and the point of the giving key is to give it to someone else who you feel like needs faith, hope, or love. And, and I was like, okay, Lord, I feel like this is a good opportunity to give this to her. So I said, Mahira, I see that you are someone with great faith, but um, I want one day that you believe in the same faith that I do. So I gave it to her, and I just said, every time you wear it, think of us and think of today and the things that happened today. Um, and she joyfully accepted it, and um, we are still praying for her. We were able to connect her boyfriend since he is Christian. Um, he feels like he is very lost sometimes because his community is mainly Muslims. Um, so we connected him with someone from Global Gates who is able to encourage him and now disciple him. They, made up, they met up the next day after we left. Um, so this was really encouraging to see um, that the Lord is already working on their lives. And, and then from there, we just came back as a team and we were like, how can we continue to meet Muslims here in Birmingham? Because one of the questions she asked us was, when was the, like, have you ever interacted with a Muslim person before me? And what do you think of them? And I was like, oh, gosh, Mahira, you know, I don't think I ever have. This was probably my first encounter with a Muslim person to actually talk to them about their religion. And to say that to her, I felt kind of embarrassed that I live in this bubble here at Sanford. So one of our goals is to, like, maybe go out to eat at different restaurants around Birmingham where we know we could encounter different people from different cultures. And so um, I kind of urge you guys to do the same thing. Get outside the Sanford bubble. I know you've probably heard that before. But... Um, seeing how we could easily do it in the big city of New York, but I know it's possible here too. Um, because like Jacob was saying, we are our job is to go and make disciples and, um, and to reach the unreached. And I think about UAB, that's a huge campus with international students and those who we can reach there. So um, yeah, just want to encourage you guys with that. Thanks for listening. Lord, we can see that you are working um, across the world, God. We see that you're working here, God. We see that you're working in New York City, God. And today, God, I pray that you would continue your work. Let your glory be known to everyone, Father. And, and along with that, God, embolden us to go and share that glory and share your truth and your word with people, God. Um, I, pray with, I pray for Global Gates, God. Um, I pray for what they're doing, God. It's a good work. Um, and God, we saw so much joy there in them and so much joy in what you're doing, Father. And God, I pray that pray for the people here at Sanford, God. I pray that you would mobilize them, God. The Bible tells us how can they hear unless someone is sent, and how can they hear unless someone says it, God. Um, so send us, God, and, and give us the strength to go and the boldness to go, God, um, that your name might be glorified. Um, and then for here, Father, I pray that we would have the boldness to go um, in amongst our communities, God, always being gospel-minded, always thinking about Jesus, God, um, because that's the only thing that matters, God. Because these are people for with you know, with real hearts and real, smile, real smiles, God, and, and kind hearts, God. Um, and, God, I pray that you would just um, give us a love for all the peoples of, of everywhere, God, of all the nations. 
just as you do, God. I ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, you guys. My name is Hannah, and this is Byron, and we had the privilege of going with the Man Center to Give Kids the World in Orlando, Florida. Shout out. So Give Kids the World is a nonprofit resort that provides a costly vacation to families who have children with life-threatening illnesses. And um, there are a lot of activities for the families to do while they're there that are all accessible. So if a child is in a wheelchair, um, they can get on the ride and um, basically feel as normal as any other child. We would get up, bright, get up bright and early every morning and go and serve in various ways around the village. So some of us would be serving breakfast in the morning or some of us would be manning the rides and um, really getting to know these families and their stories and what the kids are going through and also how the families are enjoying their stay at the village. My experience was amazing. I love the group of people that we went with and I really enjoyed getting to know the families and the kids that were there. One moment in particular that will always stick out to me is that we were working in a place called the Lottie Doss Spa and this is a place where kids can come and like get their faces painted or get airbrushed tattoos and really just enjoy themselves. And um, I was painting this little girl's face named Caitlin and you could just see on her face, like she was in so much pain and she was so shy and um, all I wanted to do was just hug her and be like, it's okay, you can get to have a great day here. And unfortunately, like they kind of stay away and be like, don't hug them too much because they might be in pain. But while I was painting her face, um, I was trying to be like, you know, this is, this is a great place. Like, aren't you having fun? And you could get a little smile out of her every now and then. And when I showed her her face, um, at the end, she was so happy, and her parents were just like, I don't think you understand, like, this has made her day. Even though she can't show you how happy she is, like, you don't understand the impact you've made. And I think that will always stay with me and just know that we were doing such good work. And even if we were doing other things throughout the day, just sitting down and talking with families and getting to know their story and, like, talking with them throughout the week um, was really important. And not just us making sure they were having a good time, but making sure that the families were enjoying this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to come to a place like this and not just experience the village, but also experience Disney World as well and meet characters and stuff and just making sure like they had the best time possible. Going on this trip was like something truly great for me. Um, this week was full of plenty of amazing moments and memories that I'm sure will keep impacting me throughout the rest of my life. For one thing, uh, I got to, when we went to Disney World, I got to dance with Rapunzel, and that I will consider one of my proudest moments for years to come. That being as awesome as it sounds, uh, I may surprise you when I say that the things I was going to experience throughout the rest of the week, I would come to cherish even more. Uh, now, Give Kids the World does this year-round. We only got to volunteer for a week, and they do all this awesome work, and we, we simply got to sample that. That being said, it had a heavy impact on my life. Uh, and working with this team of just awesome people, uh, just like watching them interact with uh, the families and the children there, something great. Um, we were there to help make these kids and their families have an incredibly special week in what, whichever way we could. I had the opportunity to make some connections and speak with some of the families down there. And uh, these were conversations that I truly enjoyed. Something that really melted my heart is that I got particularly close to one family. Uh, I met them on the first day and they shared their story with me and I got the chance to minister a little. But throughout the rest of the week, I would uh, meet up with them and uh, talk with them some. 
And <laughs> I didn't realize like how close we'd gotten until the last day that we volunteered. That was also the last day that they were gonna be there. And they hunted me down so they could take a picture with me and just say goodbye. And uh, I, that was, for me, one of the best moments of the week. And I realized that that was part of the reason why we were there. That being said, the largest moment for me was just simply a moment of silent realization while working. It's something that they call the castle. Now, the castle is full of stars. And I have to explain the stars are something that they've done since 1994. Every kid that's gone through gets a star that they put up inside the castle. And it's truly amazing to walk through that place because you look up and the ceiling is just glittering because it's covered in stars. Uh, they have over 140,000 stars, I believe. And I, w I really wish you could s like see it because it's truly breathtaking. But there's this one moment where I walked into the tower, which is where they put all the stars since 2012. And I simply looked up and I realized that this is why Give Kids the World operates. This is why we were here volunteering, is that these stars, these children, um, we were there to help make them shine bright, to give them the opportunity to laugh and smile when, by our standards, they might not have much to smile about. The world is simply too dark for us to seek, uh, for us to not seek to make it brighter. And I'm so glad I got to be a part of this with such a great group of people. And just before um, we finish up, I want to say if you guys um, are not a senior like I am, because I can't go on it again next year, but if you would like to do this again, definitely contact Cameron Collins. Um, he is through the Man Center, and I would definitely suggest going next year. <laughs> um, it's an amazing trip, and um, I think the work that's being done there um, by Stanford students is um, very, very good. And um, it's just a way that we can share our story with them and um, how we can experience them. So I would like to pray for the work at Give Kids the World and for all of our um, mission trips. And then, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to go to Give Kids the World and um, minister in New York and Haiti um, through the various um, opportunities that you gave us, Lord. And um, I pray for the work um, to continue in these places, that you will continue to show people um, your love through the volunteers and the actions and encounters that um, are presented to them in these places, Lord. And I just want to pray for um, and thank you for getting everyone back safely from these trips, Lord, and having this opportunity to share our stories with everyone. And I would also like to pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that they leave this place knowing that there are opportunities at Sanford to, um, to teach your gospel, um, not just in Birmingham, but all around America and in the world. And um, I just want to thank you for everyone in this room. Thank you for their presence here today and that um, they leave this place um, safely and um, walking in your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information about Samford University, check out samford.edu.